the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Live from Studio A, he's a man with a message, a conservative with compassion. Live from Northern California, it's Lifeline with Andy Froyland. And welcome to Lifeline. It is our Truth For Today edition. We're going to spend some time this evening talking to you about thankfulness and what we can, what we have to be thankful for. And I, you know, I know you could easily survey the political scene. You could easily survey uh, the, the national scene, the world scene. And you could come up with a dozen and one things to be critical about and unthankful for and concerned about but the bible never leaves it there in fact if you read through the psalms you'll see a psalmist who is honest and he is willing to complain he is willing to go down that road and say man it's not what i want it to be but without question he will never leave you there our psalmists whether it's Moses, David, Asaph, whoever, is always going to give you the honesty of the current situation, but then he's going to turn your attention, gently grab you by the chin, and, and ever so gently turn your cheek up and say, but, 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 wait. There's something greater than this. Something greater than our political statements. Something greater than the world economy. Something greater is going on here. And I'm willing to recognize it. And it is a God, a sovereign God, who is in rule and reign over everything. And before you go, yeah, right, have you seen where we're at? I've got to tell you, you're not giving God credit. If you'll stay with us. For the next couple of hours, I promise, we'll give you reasons to be thankful in spite of the abundance of reasons to be unthankful. Amen. All right? Amen. So with that, I welcome to uh, the microphones here at KFAX and Lifeline tonight, Pastor Phil Howard uh, and uh, our, our, our wonderful producer who kind of makes sure that all of this happens all the time anyway, Chuck Latabatheer. Hi. Hello. <laughs> Blessings, brother. Blessings. We survived Thanksgiving. <laughs> we, we have. <laughs> oh, Just barely. <laughs> barely. Yeah. And, uh, and now we've now we've got to get another 10 pounds off before we get to Christmas. <laughs> right? Gotta love the holidays around here, I tell you. So, Thanksgiving. Um, again, as I mentioned just a moment ago, it can be hard to be thankful if we if we act like Paul or uh, uh, like Peter walking on water. It can be rather difficult when we start looking around, can't it? Well, I think this matter of thankfulness and unthankfulness will mark any environment, any environment <clears throat> that quits being thankful. 
uh, which I think our culture has stopped doing. Uh, national pride doesn't hardly exist. We're, we're trying to figure out what color you are to decide whether we could be thankful. We're trying to decide which gender you're going to be to be thankful, uh, what economic strata. And yet, he said in Romans 1 that even though they knew God, they knew of him, they chose not to honor him nor to be thankful. Mm. And so the downward slide of history from Adam, let's we, we slide very quickly from Genesis, I mean, chapter one, by the time you're chapter six, God is already going to wipe out creation. Yeah. Uh, it didn't take long. And they became atheistic, uh, polytheistic. And then when you read in Timothy, uh, listen to this. In the last days, people will be lovers. They major in love. But notice what they love. They love themselves. They they buy more mirrors than they need. When you get old and ugly like some of us, you don't need another mirror. No, I don't. Uh, yeah, you just take it by faith. Uh, lovers of money. Oh, money, money. Uh, you ask young people, what do you want to do out of college? I want to make money. Yeah. There's a, uh, I just watched a terrific uh, four-part series on Netflix. It's called The Surgeon's Cut. And it was a biography on four surgeons, brilliant surgeons, one in India, uh, another man uh, operated, he happens to be out of uh, Cyprus, and heart surgeries. And, and the one in India said, my people are so poor, I cannot charge most of them for my services. Why are you doing it? I love surgery, and I love healing people. Mm. Uh, refreshing. It's, it's a brilliant series. He goes on to say that in these last days, they won't be grateful for their parents. And he says, ungrateful. And, uh, and listen, we hear this word all the time that I never knew when I was 15, entitlement. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my sister gave me a check stub of my father when he worked in the shipyards, 65 hours, $92. Mm. And uh, uh, here he was in government housing. We had to go and get the kerosene that we put in a kerosene stove for seven of us. What one one toilet, no shower. Uh, the common fare of eating was uh, pinto beans, fried potatoes, sliced tomatoes that my dad raised. Uh, I, I mean, friend, uh, we didn't even have a TV. I don't know how we ever got out of the sixth grade without a TV. <laughs> but, uh, and that was black and white. Uh, no, no smartphones either. <laughs> oh, no, no, we just were trying to be smart. Yeah. We didn't need a phone. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you just think the age, mankind's downward slide will always go to those that are thankful. And here my, my own heritage, my mother was the eldest of ten. My dad was the eldest of ten. They, they were born in log cabins. Uh, hills of Oklahoma, Missouri, 
poor. I tell many of my black friends, I said, you don't have to be black to be poor. Mm-hmm. I'm proof. <laughs> I was poor with poor Okies that Californians didn't like. Yeah. And uh, in the projects, that's where I come to love black people. I grew up with them. And we grew up in the same neighborhood, had the same economic battle just to get ahead. And uh, thankful, oh, my 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 dad could pray over the food until a film formed over the gravy, <laughs> giving thanks. You know, I said, Dad, Dad, you, you know, the grandchildren started saying amen halfway through. Amen. Amen. That's how you became Pentecostal. Huh? <laughs> I'm just trying to keep the gravy warm. This trying wasn't about a move of the spirit. <laughs> I tell you, and all he's doing is thanking God for his job, for his employer. I haven't heard anybody thank God for the job mm. in years. Oh, I tell you. I, no, it's, it's, well, they don't treat me good enough. I'll get another job. Uh, just ask ourselves, you ate an abundant meal, no doubt, most of you. And, and God help those of you that didn't, that are in hard times. But this uh, thankfulness, you, you know what? It's probably the measure of your Christian life. In all things, give thanks because you just got a raise. No. no. In all things, give th- and this is Thessalonians five eighteen, and in chapter second Thessalonians three, he's warning the church about the man that's giving him such a bad time. Yeah. He's living with opposition. Just ask yourself: Am I a thankful person? Could gratitude be on my epitaph and nobody would be shocked at the funeral? And, you know, um, we're going to take a break here, but I I know people are listening going, yeah, but you don't know my story. You don't know my story. And and we have an answer for that. All right. I know you're listening to us and you're thinking, "Okay, well, that's good for you. But you don't know the 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 Thanksgiving I just went through. The fact that my I, I didn't have my mom or my dad or we didn't have the food or we didn't have a kitchen. We we know that. All right. And that's uh, we want to acknowledge the fact that there are those listening tonight who are going, yeah, you just don't know. And I want to say to you, we do. And if you'll if you if you stay with us for the next hour or so, I promise you, we're going to help you with this. We want to encourage you, right? Because everybody's got a story and everybody can come up with reasons and excuses not to be thankful. And we're here tonight to tell you there is absolutely no reason, absolutely no excuse not to be thankful. Amen. There is a there's a choice. All right. And we want to do so in love and we want to do so as kindly as we can. And we want to point you back to Christ tonight. So do stay with us. We, we've got an awful lot of ground to cover and an awful lot to be thankful for. And so that's what we're going to spend our time with here tonight on Lifeline, our Truth For Today edition. 
And now, from our Northern Command studios, back to Lifeline with Andy Froyland. And we are back. It's Lifeline, our Truth For Today edition with our host, Pastor Phil Howard from Valley Bible Church in Hercules. Truth For Today can be heard, by the way, right here on KFAX a couple, three times. Uh, you can you can tune in as you get up and get ready for the day, and it's a great way to start your day, 5.30 in the morning, Monday through Friday, Sundays at 8.30 in the morning, and again, Monday through Friday at 4.30 in the afternoon, just before just before Lifeline. So it's a great way to start the day and an even better way to end the day or get ready to end it. So you, you start with truth for today and then it leads into, you know, uh, all that guffaw and falderaw that Craig does. <laughs> Whatever it is he does. I'll Thanks, Craig, for letting us be here. <laughs> oh, it is his kindness, and we are thankful for that. And that is what we're discussing here tonight on Lifeline is uh, obviously Thanksgiving. We've just celebrated Thanksgiving, so what are we thankful for? And as we mentioned a moment ago, just before the break, there's we can be overwhelmed with the things and the reasons not to be thankful. But we're here tonight to tell you that in spite of those things, you can still be thankful. And we all have our stories of reasons not to be thankful. In fact, I, I, I want to I go to uh, our producer, Chuck, because I think your story, especially this past year, it's just, I, man, I, I sit and I listen to the things you guys are going through, you and your wife, and I'm going, man, how do you how do you keep your head above water? And and you are always faithful to remind me that you're not the head. You're part, you're, you're part of the body of Christ, yes. and the head stays above water because he is in heaven. And I, and I love what Spurgeon always said, that, you know, in order to drown the body, you've got to drown the head. And if you can get to him in heaven... More power to you, but I don't think it's going to work. <laughs> Not going to happen. <laughs> Not going to happen. Uh, you know, yes, the past year has been a tough year, but before I even talk about that, I've got to talk about the, the thing I'm most thankful for is that I know where I'm going to spend eternity. Mm. And as I was driving in here uh, this morning, uh, I was thinking about that, that no matter what happens in my life, no matter what the trials might be, I'm reminded that this is a part of the plan he has to get me to the end where I'm looking more like my Savior, Jesus Christ, more like the one who ransomed and rescued me. Hmm. And, and so I, w- I was replaying that morning in my, in my head as I drove in here. how uh, I grew up in the church, uh, came a teenager, walked away, decided I was going to do it my way. I had all the answers, and uh, and then life happened, and I ended up in a divorce, and uh, in Bartlesville, Oklahoma, uh, and one Monday morning after a, a weekend of dr- drunk weekend, coming in Monday morning, and uh, God used an old redneck cowboy from Oklahoma to point me to Christ. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'll never forget, mm-hmm. never forget, uh, this was back in the 80s. Everybody's wearing a three-piece suit to work. Right. And uh, so both Jerry and I, uh, who didn't care much for each other, you know, just on a personal level. But at the end of 
uh, about an hour we spent in his office where he shared the gospel, told me how much God loved me and how much God wanted to take away the pain that I was in that I never told him about. I was partying, having a good time every night. Uh, but God saw. And uh, and when we got done there, we were slobbering all over each other with our ties and suits all snotted all over it and, and loving it, loving it. Yeah. Uh, and so every Thanksgiving, and, and sometimes more than just a Thanksgiving, but every Thanksgiving... Yes, I'm thankful for my family. I'm thankful for the meal we just shared. I am thankful for my grandchildren. Hmm. But none of it compares to being thankful for being rescued, being rescued from where I was going to spend eternity hmm. in hell. Hmm. And now I know I'm going to spend it with my Savior in the presence of the Almighty. And so... Uh, this past year has been a rough one for both my wife and myself. As the years roll over you, <laughs> you find out that uh, you're not in charge of anything. No, nope, you're not. And, and, and you know what, though? The more that, le- the more that lesson gets hammered into my, my mind uh, that you're not in charge, I realize how, how gracious I am, how, grand- how thankful I am that the one who is in charge is a gracious and merciful, compassionate Savior. Yeah. And, uh, and because of that, I can celebrate, even in the midst of the trials, I can say, thank you, Lord. Thank you for the plan you have. Thank you for allowing me to see the truth of the gospel hmm. and to, to know that at the end of the journey, I'm going to be with my Savior. Doesn't get any better than that. And you know what, Chuck? I was thinking of the promise when James said, Count it all joy, my brothers, when the doctors can't fix you. <laughs> when you're walking around with a walker yeah. and you've been a very athletic man. But said, Count it all joy when you meet various trials. And I used to tell God, this is one of the cruelest (laughs) verses in the Bible, that here I just hear of maybe tragedy, loss, economic. How can I be joyful when life doesn't seem to be going for me? And then you picked it up for you know. And here's the thing you got to know. If you don't know this, it's miserable. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be mature and complete, lacking in nothing. Thank you. And when I know that every trial... It's just I, whether this sickness, which you've not been known to be a sick man, no, you've no. just kept going. Your dear wife has had to cope with these lung problems for years. But, you know, in the midst of it, to be able on the authority of God's perspective, what he thinks he's doing, says, this is going to complete you. <laughs> this is going to uh, add an ingredient that uh, you would have never gone because we're both impatient men. Yes, we, I we, want it now. We want it now. And God says, you're going to get it now. Pain, <laughs> do your job. <laughs> and we said, no, I don't want it that bad. 
And so I think here you not only know where your final resting location, as David, my brother, says, everything is location. <laughs> We're all going to live eternally. Yeah. It's where? location. Where? Location, location, <laughs> location. And you've got that settled. Yes, it's settled. And now in life, nothing just happens to a child of God. Everything's by design. He works all things for good. All it's, things it's part for of good. the plan. There's an amplified version of, of James that I really love and and it's it, the way it's written is really precious to me anyway welcome trials as a dear friend oh my, my, my. <laughs> I thought God you wrote that to a different saint besides me <laughs> it's not the trial that we were in welcome though it's the effect of the trial, the exactly. what is that trial, trial there we go. that's what we celebrate exactly. exactly I want the effects without the trial <laughs> yeah I don't I don't know that that plan is available right now Yes. <laughs> that's a that's a whole nother plan that I don't think I can afford at the moment. It does though. It prepares us and I, you live a life of trials and it it helps you in your understanding and desire to go toward heaven. I mean, it's like, yeah, what what could possibly hold my affections here on this planet, especially if I've gone through all these things? <laughs> yes. Um, and and we were talking about that before the program, before we even started this this broadcast. Um, our 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 view of heaven is so lackadaisical. It's. Oh. It's almost insignificant. It as as I've, I've coined the phrase, and I've used it several times, it's an over-realized eschatology. Yeah. We, we demand, we don't, not just want, but we demand heaven on earth. And if we don't get it, we're discontent. Well, we, we're not thankful. We used to sing a song, I'm homesick for heaven. And today I think, you're kidding, I'm homesick for Las Vegas. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm homesick for party time. Oh, it just, it, it doesn't end. And you're, you're right. And I love the song that Mercy Me Bart Miller came out with, you know, um, um, if if home is where the heart is, I'm 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 strangely homesick, mm. and he's speaking of heaven, and I I long for us as believers in Christ and as the community of Christ to long for it more and more. We we battle too much for the wrong things wrong things when we should be battling for the right things and I would much rather battle through a trial that would prepare me for heaven than battle through cancer to try and keep me on this planet another day longer another day and I love what Lewis said he said if you've tasted of all the pleasures of this life and still there's a yearning you must you must follow the clue you were made for another world you were nothing in this world can satisfy. Well, and uh, in light of that, we still have to take a commercial break. (laughs) So we'll do that and come back and continue our conversation here tonight on thankfulness. And uh, hand in hand with that is contentment. So keep that in the back of your mind as you listen to this and we'll be back. And now from our Northern Command Studios, back to Lifeline with Andy Froyland. And we are back. It's Lifeline. I'm Andy Froyland, your moderator for our host tonight, Pastor Phil Howard from Truth For Today. Uh, we get the opportunity to spend some time with you here on Lifeline on KFAX. And we are doing that tonight. Although we know holidays for many folks can be a challenge. Uh, lost loved ones and uh, past 
most deaths have clouded the holidays, and it's not as fun as it used to be. Well, we're hopefully giving you an opportunity to get beyond the fun or no fun aspect and get into the eternal perspective of thankfulness. And yes, it is possible to be thankful in spite of circumstances, and that's that's kind of what we're hoping to encourage you in this evening, in spite of any potential uh, crisis you may be uh, facing this holiday season, there is still the opportunity to be thankful. And really, at the end of the day, Phil, it's uh, it has a lot to do with our contentment, doesn't it? it? It does. And when you read Timothy here, he's telling the young pastor at Ephesus, uh, he's telling him that uh, if you have food, uh, shelter said godliness with contentment is great gain and isn't everything around us designed to make us discontented <laughs> discontented with whoever's in power discontented with uh, you know what uh, gas at four dollars an hour never looked better yeah. But when I was courting my wife, it was 22 cents a gallon. <laughs> and, and, you know, you you, you, you said $4 an hour. And really, in, in a sense, you're right. Because nowadays, you know, Hertz is offering Teslas. Uh, so, you know, I wonder if you if you brought back a Tesla with only half a charge, if they would charge you. For- <laughs> Well, but you're it, right. You're you know, right. You it used compare, to be, yeah. It, it, and Madison Avenue is huge on promoting discontent. discontent. You've got to have the latest and the greatest. They're always new and improved, which says you can't be content with what you've had. And I've never figured out my last phone. So why do I need <laughs> the latest one with all the technology? And, you know, I think a great thing to keep in mind uh, at Thanksgiving time uh, And let me read it, and it's more convicting than my comments, where he says, Do not get drunk with wine, and the holidays can be a terrible time for drinking. Uh, It can make fools out of us. And he said, For that is debauchery. But be filled with the Spirit, and you will prophesy, have dreams, uh, speak in different languages. No, he didn't go into any of that. He said, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody. Uh, you don't have to sing good, but it would be good if you get the <laughs> melody. To the Lord with your heart. Giving thanks always for everything to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, You know what? Often I grew up uh, among some wonderful people that we were stressing uh, the Spirit's work, Spirit filling, and there were different uh, things that were emphasized uh, to show, have you really become full of the Spirit? Well, the command here is be getting yourself continuously under the control of the Spirit so it's not a one-time event. This is supposed to be a constant lifestyle. I'm living under, and how can you tell? I've become a singing Christian. That's for sure. And I remember 
by early salvation days and wherever Christians love God and love the Spirit, love His Word, guess what? They will find something to sing about that gives God glory. And it won't be my baby run off. It'll be <laughs> one of the songs of the redeemed. And here, they are people who are always giving thanks. It's a work of the Spirit. You know what? Let's say, are you so full of the Spirit that you can't keep from giving thanks? Can't keep. I remember uh, my sister, uh, my older sister, never married, uh lived at home most of those 80 years she was alive. And being a single woman, she brought her beefs about the work day out there working with a bunch of men, uh, unsaved, uh, vile men in some of the jobs. And uh, she would unload at the table many a night all of her grievances, complaints, and whatever our family said she didn't have a husband she she tell the family and my folks there and after he heard enough my dad used to sing this song to her in my father's house there be no grumblers there there be no grumblers there in my father's <laughs> and she would only get mad <laughs> And sometimes break down and cry. And uh, here's a man that uh, he worked. He uh, bailed hay from Oklahoma into Canada. And when he got into Canada, as he parted from a French worker, the man gave him a French Derringer in about 1925. And my dad gave him a gold coin. And so then he rode in a boxcar back to Oklahoma. They were robbed on the way. But since my dad was paid in gold dust, uh, he was able to pitch it outside before the thieves got it because they had to light a match, and he just pitched it. And all he would do is buy baby dolls for his sisters at home. And he would start saying, Oh, if you only knew where we came from. Hmm. And, and at holidays, he would take my little short, fat Irish mother, about five to 200 pounds, change, move the furniture twice a week just to stay in shape. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, he would say, honey, we've come a long ways from Gordy Street. Hmm. When he was in Gordon Street, that was uh, in Kansas, he asked the bus driver, he said, if you would just drive me to the edge of town, I have no money. I'll put my wife and my boy and my girl on. I don't, I'm, I, I'm too proud for my neighbors to see me walk. He said, if you just take me to the edge of town. And so then we're having these Christmases in the projects. Or whatever. Everything was up from there. Yeah. Everything from the depression. Yeah. All that. And then he just starts singing. And he take my mom and us kids being there. And he says, we've come a long ways. And, the, the, and that's what you love about people who came from some yeah, suffering. Yeah. Look how far God's brought us. You talked about that earlier. But the depression, the Great Depression, actually leveled the racial playing field, didn't it? Oh, oh yes. 
you, white, black, it didn't matter. We were we were all dirt poor. Absolutely. And, and switch cane raised. <laughs> dirt floor poor. Um, still, I, I, I can still hear somebody, though, uh, tonight, Phil, saying, yeah, but my spouse just left with the kids two nights ago, yeah. just before Thanksgiving. Um I, I've got an eviction notice. I can't. I can't pay rent anymore. Um, how am I supposed to be thankful in that? Mm. Now we need to take another time out. But when we come back, can we answer that? And then we've got a, 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 a guest. And then we've got a guest on the line as well. We want to hear from just to get uh, a perspective on thankfulness. So we'll do that on the other side of this break. You're listening to Lifeline, our Truth for Today edition with Pastor Phil Howard. And now from our Northern Command Studios, back to Lifeline with Andy Froyland. And we're back. It's Lifeline with Pastor Phil Howard, our Truth For Today edition. You can listen to Truth For Today Monday through Friday, 5.30 in the morning, and again at 4.30 in the afternoon, Sundays at 8.30. Or simply go to truthfortodayradio.org and check us out online. We'd love to We'd love to say hi via... support. The, the, the support? Listener support. Listener support, yes. <laughs> We'd be very thankful for listener support, especially as we come to year-end giving, yes. by all means. Please uh, avail yourself of that if you find yourself blessed. In fact, we're going to talk with somebody in a few minutes here who has been blessed by Truth for Today, and we'll spend some time with Eddie. But we were talking just before the break that there's... We can talk like this, but still, um, when it's when the trial is extremely raw, for instance, somebody, you know, like I said just before the break, there's probably somebody listening to us going, yeah, but you don't know. My my spouse just left with the kids two days ago. What kind of Thanksgiving was that? Um, Mm -hmm. I I just got an eviction notice. I can't pay rent. Am I going to end up on the street homeless with everybody else? How can I be thankful in the midst of all that? Well, I tell you, one of the things I'm thank, one of the things I'm really thankful for is the people I get to make this journey with. And there's one brother in particular that uh, we share a bond that I don't know, probably 25 years ago, we started praying for one another. Uh, I mentioned that I was divorced. Well, out of that divorce, I have a daughter who. I have a relationship with, but it's not the relationship that I want. There's no warmth. Uh, if I ask her a question, she'll answer, but uh, she doesn't. It's not what I desire. It's not the, the relationship that I want. And so right. about 25 years ago, I shared that with a brother, and we've been praying for one another since then. He has a daughter who's chosen a lifestyle that is completely against God. She's uh, in love with women. And so for 25 years, this brother and I have shared this bond that we're praying for each other's daughters and God hasn't seen fit to give us the answer for our prayers that we wanted but in that battle in, in that we've shared this uh, I don't know what you want to call it uh, this warfare that we've been we've been praying and asking God together we've been sharing that battle and that's brought us closer together. Foxhole we, brothers. The foxhole prayers that we've shared that I know his heart. He knows my heart. And we're, we're still waiting for God to do what he 
what we want him to do. But in the meantime, we've got each other. And there's something there that's so special that if we hadn't gone through this trial together, if we we wouldn't have that bond. And so am I thankful for my daughter being estranged from me? No, but I'm thankful for the relationship that that's led to. And so in the midst of the trials, we can find things for which to be thankful and uh, to be content. And I'll... I'll add my two cents on that. I was talking to Pastor Phil about this before we uh, got the program going here tonight. Uh, I was talking with my son um, last month, uh, who's been homeless, uh, out of rebellion at the age of 18. He ran off, and uh, the relationship for the next six years would be extremely strained. Uh, A lot of heartache, a lot of heartbreak. Uh, He would subsequently get addicted to heroin, uh, flit around from uh, town to town, um, and uh, ended up in Austin, Texas. And uh, finally uh, was redeemed. The Lord graciously saved him about eight months ago. And Hallelujah. It is. It's a delight. But he was lamenting the fact that he is still struggling with homelessness. Uh, it's hard to get out of that after 25 years uh, to suddenly just turn a light on. Um, but he was struggling with the fact that, uh, you know, the heartache he'd put his dad through, you know. And I, I, I am actually... Um, going to spend some time with him in Austin, Texas. There is a church down there of about 40 folks who have one of the biggest and uh, most developed and sophisticated homeless ministries around, uh, which I want to incorporate elements in our church, in the church I attend up in Weaverville, California, a small little town of 3,900, but we have close to 500 homeless. That's a huge disparity. And I was telling my son, you know, if it wasn't for all of the struggles that you went through and all of the struggles I went through as you went through them, sensitized, I would not have a desire to do any kind of homeless ministry at all. As it is, I'm going to incorporate some of what that church in Austin, Texas does for our church. Because I do. I've got a sensitivity to it. Yes. It's, it it's what those trials have birthed. Yes. Right? Yes. Hallelujah. And for those of you who are in the in the thick of it at the moment, maybe you've been, uh, uh, maybe your, your spouse and family have left you in the last week or so. Maybe you have gone through an eviction notice and, and you're in the very heart of it. I love the beauty of the fact that in the psalm, we go through the valley of the shadow of death. We don't go into it. Hallelujah. We go through it, assuming there is a light at the end of the tunnel. The psalmist is convinced and convicted of this. You're not going to go into it to get lost forever. You're going to go through it because there is going to be another side out. And for the believer in Christ, for those of us who have trusted and rested in our elder brother and his saving grace... We have something else to look forward to other than the backside of a divorce, other than a few nights spent in the back seat of your car because you don't have a roof over your head. As the, as the poor widow woman said when she went to her cupboard and found it bare, all of this and salvation too. Hallelujah, what a Savior. And as, as, as my brother Chuck mentioned here just a few moments ago, it's uh, it, it's not so much... The journey, but the destination. Destination. One thing you didn't lose 
you didn't lose God. Hallelujah. You didn't, I, I remember the story that <clears throat> Howard Hendricks tells, uh, and now he's with the Lord, but he tells a story that uh, he pulled up to his house one night in Dallas, and his neighbor's house was on fire. And so he parked the car, and he went over, and, and there his neighbor standing at night in his bathrobe, and they watched the house burn to the ground. And all of a sudden, his neighbor said, I've lost everything. And Hendrick said, I asked myself, would that be true of me if this was my house? And he said, thank God, no, I didn't lose everything. Job, you lost 10 children. Job, you've got a wife that is uh, outraged and is telling you to curse God. Get another religion. Get a religion that makes you immune from this kind of trial. I've lost my assets, and God forbid the only thing I've got left is comfortless friends <laughs> that don't have one word that read my situation right. And But he didn't lose God in the whirlwind. And I, I think sometimes they say many uh, of our dear Jewish friends uh, in the Holocaust lost their faith. They couldn't think, where was God, uh, you know, in Auschwitz? Where was God in these ghettos up in Poland? Uh, I just read Schindler's List. I saw the movie, but I wanted to read the book. And you want to weep about every chapter. Uh, how can you do anyone as they were done? But thank God, God is still on the throne. And uh, uh, that's that's what we've got to cling to. Yes. And uh, I was thinking of Philippians. Uh, Don't be anxious about a thing written by a jailbird. <laughs> a, a man's in prison saying this <laughs> yeah. for the gospel. And, you know, in the Greek, it's interesting. It goes this way in the Greek. It says, do not be anxious or have your mind divided about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication. And in the Greek, after Thanksgiving. It's not with it. It's after it. You've done all the thanking of God. Then you start making requests. Yeah. And that the key element, uh, someone said that many prayer meetings are nothing more than a organ recital. <laughs> Which organ is hurting? Uh, and he said, you know, uh, we ought to get with thanksgiving and adoration above everything. And uh, because... Wow, just to be alive, to have any moment free of pain. I have to say, coming out of afflictions as a boy, braces, crippled children's fun, orthopedics department, in a doctor's office two to three times a month for all of my younger years. And when my wife and I are walking, I walked two miles the other day, she said, can you believe you could ever walk without crutches? <laughs> yeah. I said, it was a dream, a dream. It's not over. It's no. not over. And child of God, if you go out as a martyr, all they can do is kill the body Satan, instantly with the Lord. Satan would love to freeze frame your life. 
He is great with a camera, but he is horrible with a video. Oh, my. <laughs> Satan, yeah, Satan is all about the camera in a moment. Uh, your Heavenly Father is about the long haul. Beautiful. And uh, it's, it's all about the movie, not just a, a flash moment. We have to take a time out. We'll take care of some business, pay some bills, and come back as Lifeline continues. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.